oceans. Two oceans will begin. Director Gordon Cole on the line for you, sir. Gordon Cole? <clears throat> Director Cole, sir, I... I want everything you've got or could find on a Mr. and Mrs. Douglas Jones of your fair city. These people are wanted in connection with a double murder and may be armed and dangerous. Put caution in the shotgun seat. Douglas Jones? Yes, sir. High priority. Get back to me. Your man has my info. Yes, sir. There's 23 Douglas Joneses in the greater metro area. How are we going to find the right one? Wilson, how many times have I told you? This is what we do in the FBI! Welcome to the Two Oceans Podcast, where myself, Sue Fire, along with my friend and congested colleague Scrumpy, discuss film and other media through a decades-long lens of mass media consumption. In this episode, we'll be going through selected movie news, recent viewing, including Kim Hopkins' A Bunch of Amateurs, Lam Kai's Peacock King, Pana Panahi's Hit the Road, as well as a look at David Lynch's Twin Peaks The Return. This is the Two Oceans Podcast. So get some coffee with cherry pie and as we start episode 11. (laughs) Tape. (laughs) I remember. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I got a a, a bunch of little bits of news. Um, the, The first one. Uh, is the one I'm most excited about. I don't know if you saw a movie. It's quite. It was quite a small movie called Bait by a guy called Mark Jenkins over here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really good. It was a sort of drama about people in Cornwall here with... Um, so we've got this problem with people from the city going and get second homes in all these nice places which then turns out to, to make it unaffordable for people who actually live there. And he did this movie called Bait uh, about these fishermen and various other people that live in this this part of Cornwall and how they're kind of coping with this whole thing and, you know, things come to a head. But he filmed it um, on like 16 millimeter film, which is, it's so gritty <laughs> and it looks just gorgeous you know um david lynch who we're going to talk about later um but it it looks great but the news that came out this week is that he's going to be making a folk well he's made a folk horror called ennis men and i'll have to share the uh the trailer for it but it looks looks really good (laughs) he's using color stock this time so he's upgraded but it does does have that sort of grit it looks like it was made in the 70s but Mm um yeah yeah excited about that and uh, all the way in the other extreme, with kind of more bigger news, is Fede Alvarez is going to be making an alien movie. Wow. Really? Yeah. So he's turned in the script. Um, apparently, for alien movies, it needs a sign off from Ridley Scott. And he's got that sign off. So they're hoping to start filming that uh, next year. And it's got no connection to any of the other films in the series um, just meant to be in the same universe. So, (laughs) (laughs) and talking of sequels, um, triple R, you know, that Indian movie that came out Uh this year Um, that, that is well, because of its success, I guess it's not too much of a surprise. It's, it's going to be getting a sequel. I don't think it needs a sequel. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I'm not sure where you go from here, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I'd like a completely new movie from the same makers. You know, say it was made by the people who made, you know, Triple R, and you'd be good. But uh, right. hmm, yeah, you know the way it is. And then uh, this this is another old school one um, on Netflix. Uh, they've started to put up trailers for Gamera Rebirth, which, okay. uh, if you recall, Gamera is that like a giant turtle in the oh, yes. uh, sort of kaiju. Uh, the vein uh not much information on it aside from it is being made in japan which is probably a good start but uh yeah that 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 sounds like fun 
Okay, so it is being a, it's a going mm. to Japan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I imagine it's going to be a guide in a suit. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> you know, not part maybe, of that. Maybe CG enhanced a little bit. Well, like the you know because they're doing the the universe right of uh, what well, they've already started with uh, Kong and Godzilla. Uh, I, mean, I don't think they've done too badly. Actually, I th- no, I think no, Godzilla's... I've enjoyed all those. I mean, are they yeah. the best? No, but they're kaiju movies, man. They're not supposed they're kaiju to be... movies, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They do what they're meant to, uh, and in fact, they get past some of the frustrations I had as a kid watching those movies where you know 95% of the movie, uh, just because of budget restrictions, yeah, were is talking, were needless, yeah, needless dialogue and and people <laughs> and right well that was one of the i remember that with uh the latest one kong versus godzilla that uh they said can we just get rid of the you know human element right. completely <laughs> please <laughs> I'm like why don't just try that you want a couple of humans just for scale but you know <laughs> yeah except well that, that's what the little kids are for for uh for mothra and for well gamera had the little boy and then they yeah. have a little girl in uh, the, that movie, the Kong movie. So there you go, a scale. Skull Island, I thought was 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 a good movie. I enjoyed Skull Island. It was so goofy. That was one of the ones actually. When we were talking last week about the uh, great performances in bad movies, uh, they right. called it John C. Riley. Oh, that he's. One. But isn't he always good in anything? Yeah, he's Pretty another much. one. Of those yeah. But also, I was like, but it's not a bad movie. No, I thought it was a decent movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally, totally agree with that. I'll, I'll stand yeah. up for that movie. I think, yeah, uh, and 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 I think Inc. A good cross section of people would actually enjoy that that movie. You know, um, yeah, and it's good world building too for what they're trying to accomplish. Oh, it is, it is. Yeah, yeah. No, no, really enjoyed that. I was really disappointed, and the only one that really, I I thought, ah, uh, okay, <laughs> was was, uh, and it had so much going for it. Was the the sort of total mashup with King Ghidorah and what was it? What was it called? It was one of the Godzilla movies where they decided, and the trailer looked great. Um, everything about it looked terrific. The the trailer sort of promised uh, an actual quite good human story in the background, mm-hmm. but it seems like uh, er- everything good uh, in terms of the dialogue was going kind to of used up during that trailer. And it had so can't... much good acting talent as well. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I can't. King of the Monsters. Failed. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Which I also really enjoyed, but uh, I mean, I, I mean, the trailer just got me hyped for, for something yeah. a, a notch higher, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and the pacing was a bit funny, but uh, yeah. Yeah. That was my least favorite. Not to say I didn't enjoy it, but sure. yeah, just least favorite out of that bunch. Um, we had and, Mothra and King Ghidorah all fight and Godzilla. Like, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, 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 Mothra is more of an ally, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, right, and then but you don't Lu- know. Udan. Yeah, yeah. And it was a well done, like they were all like, it was just the nice, you know, that's that's the other frustration as a kid. You know, it's like, wow, it'd be great to see it with modern effects. Well, yeah. now we get to. <laughs> oh, yeah. King Ghidorah was amazing. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. And Mecha Godzilla in the newest one was incredible. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. If you got, you got Mecha Godzilla in the movie, you know, how, how much of a human story do you want to have in that? Exactly. Um, <laughs> and how much realism um, do you really need? Come on. Well, well, do you know what? I mean, that that's a funny thing. So, like, sometimes you, you you just sort of need to admit that that the movie you're making is is what it is do you know what i mean um because i watched uh and we'll talk more about this when we get to our, our second native american special for thanksgiving but scott cooper's hostiles mm-hmm. which is a you know sort of decent pulpy western but it takes itself so seriously Yes. And, and it, it it doesn't really earn that. Um, uh, and and it would have been a much better movie if it was shorter and less earnest and angsty. And you know, I I I, I would contrast that with uh, Hugo Blick's The English. You know, the series. I don't know if you finished it this week. We did. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, which, you know, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously, just seriously. I mean, it's good pulp is the way I describe it. Yeah. Right. And, uh, last bit of news I have is, uh, 
Quentin Tarantino is going to be making an eight episode limited series before he does a swan song movie. Um, not much information on what that's going to be, but yeah, should be interesting. And he also made a comment saying that in the near future, boutique cinemas uh, are are going to flourish while the big chains flounder. And I kind of agree with this one, I think, Um, just because every time I've gone to the cinema, the, the busiest screenings tend to be the kind of alternative stuff where People just can't don't have an option to watch it anywhere else, mm-hmm. and they actually have that motivation to go to the cinema and see it with people. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you watch anything uh, this week? I know know you've been uh, down with COVID, so yes. Well, because of that, I had plenty of time to watch. Stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> and so, uh, uh, yeah, the, uh, the household had it too. So we binged through the. We did watch the English. Yeah. Uh, what what, what did you fun. think overall? Yeah, it was fun enough. I liked. Uh, uh, I liked the main guy. I mean, uh, the story was a little. Mm. The, the the storytelling was a little abrupt. Off. It was like okay, and on more of a and so it was more of a frustration of like, like lean either into the spaghetti western or yeah. not. You know, uh, in spaghetti westerns, you're not going for a big story. Um, yeah. It's like, let the guy be a badass or let her be a badass, you know. I mean, I, I, I thought that, um, uh, was it Chask Spencer who plays Eli mm-hmm. and, and Emily Blunt took it up a notch all in their own. Yeah. Like, like their performances are really good. But my feeling is like, like with the spaghetti Westerns is, is, uh, they do less telling and more showing like I like do visual storytelling. Yeah. Um, and it felt a bit talky sometimes, and we didn't mm-hmm. get to see things that happened. Like, like, oh, this happened. There's a flood, and, uh, and yeah, you don't like, oh, see it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that seems like quite a major point there, but okay. <laughs> right. uh, and all the way to the point that when you don't see something, you kind of question whether or not it's actually happened. But then, yeah, it, it did happen. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, and and the, and, the weird thing in that with uh, uh, Rafe Spall being like. Uh, bargain basement uh tom hardy mm. uh in it which it mostly works but it's still it's just like dude you're just you're just doing a tom hardy uh on this yeah uh, <laughs> i mean i, I thought he did well with what he had you know yes. I, I i thought yeah he just feels greasy and nasty and yeah you know. he didn't chew scenery he kind of gnawed at it yeah 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 um and and the other thing so obviously the like visual storytelling comes from like the whole Leone thing, uh, you know, because it's a spaghetti Western. Right. Um, but I also sort of felt like like in the first few episodes, um, that there was kind of a Max Furioso feel to, um, you know, Eli and Emil and, and Emily Blunt, uh, in those characters, mm-hmm. uh, in their relationship. And yeah, that, that just made me think of visual storytelling even more because there's a movie that says, fuck it. You know, if we don't need the dialogue, we don't need it. And mm-hmm. we just show it. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I, I think it, I think it could have been better. Um, I'm, I'm glad that it ended on the sixth <laughs> yes. um, because as it would have been really just wrap it up. Yeah. Just 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 yeah. wrap it up. Just wrap it <laughs> exactly. up. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But, uh, watch this. See, a couple of others are found through. We watched which, uh, uh, Weird, the Weird Al supposed oh, how biopic. Would- Oh, nice. How was that? It was hilarious. <laughs> nice. Nice. I mean, being a fan of Weird Al, anyway, it's like watching it to see what they're actually going to include that's legit versus, you know, this version <laughs> of him as this coked out rock star right. uh, thing. Although there are some great moments in it and some, uh, 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 you know, Madonna as the villain and Rachel, Rachel Evan Wood as, as Madonna is. is a uh, masterstroke. She's fantastic. Yeah. But the, the idea of Madonna as the villain is even better. Nice. Uh, nice. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and of course, Radcliffe just, you know, I mean, Radcliffe's great. You know, he's just. Oh, he's, he's up always, for anything, isn't he? He's, yeah. Uh, and I, I think, I, I think he feels like he still has to prove himself, which is in his favor. Not yeah. that he does have to prove himself, uh, yeah. but it just gets his, you know, everything I've seen him in, which hasn't been a ton. But each time it's like he's like very, you know, conscientiously like really giving it his all clearly in whatever it is. Even when he's a dead body. 
Even when he's a dead body. Exactly. <laughs> or he has guns for hands. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, he's a, he's a really versatile actor as well. And, really and, is, yeah. and, you know, I think when you got to the end of the Harry Potter movies, um, you know, there was a lot of worry around, you know, how these young actors would be able to sort of move forward. But mm-hmm. and, and I don't think I've ever seen uh, a transition better than, uh, the crew from from Harry Potter being able to sort of move into other roles. Um, yeah, him him at the forefront. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. easily. Um, I went back. There were a couple of older ones that I found that I'd like missed. I'm like, yeah. oh, I can finally watch these now. One was uh, this French film called Doberman. It's uh, okay. like ninety eight. I want to say uh, it's Vince uh, Vince Cassell and uh, Monica Bellucci. Uh, in this grotesquely overstylized crime caper kind of thing. Um, okay, sounds familiar. It, it, yeah, it, it, better on paper. Um, <laughs> it's just somebody, you know, it's just like one of those French, you know, it's basically a French director that grew up on, you know, standard mm. diet of Luc Brisson or something. Right, uh, right. So don't really, you know, the story is actually, they actually mine a little more story out of it than they should, but... Overall, it's just kind of like, mm, okay, well, I, at least I watched it. Now I know. Uh, so, eh, yeah, it's kind of. That. I mean, eh. yeah. I mean, I I had the same thing, and I, th- I think I probably mentioned this last week. Was um, Claire Denis? Um, I mentioned I saw Let the Sunshine In, which was mm-hmm. uh, extremely French, uh, and Claire Denis being like like an older, um, sort of established French director. Um, right. I, I just just found it quite bland. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, there are a lot of exciting new next generation French directors who 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 seem to have like separated off from that old heritage that was, I think, tying down a lot of a lot of these directors. You know, yeah, yeah. The system seemed to be yeah, the who knew whom and that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. 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 And then everybody was just trying to mimic the style. It's sort of similar to, um, you know, yeah. a lot of American directors going like, well, I'm the new Tarantino, you know, it's oh, like, oh. Just be, be yourself, dude. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, Get your own voice. He, he stole it from plenty of others. You can do the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can do a different <laughs> recipe in a different mix, but you know, exactly. <laughs> uh, another one uh, I watched was, uh, uh, it was another early nineties one, I think, uh, called Peacock King, which is a, a Hong Kong actioner with Yen Bao uh, um, you know, as a monk fighting, you know, demons. And there's oh, nice. another, there's a companion monk and, and then Gordon Liu's in it uh, as well. And they have a fight scene. And it was like, you know, it got me excited. There used to be that thing where, uh, especially with Hong Kong films, right, or yep. martial arts films, you always want to see like, oh, when do we finally get to see action star Y fight action star X? Right, you right. Know, it's like, <laughs> like it took uh, what was it the the uh, the the Shanghai Night sequel, uh, London Nights, for us to finally get Donnie Yen and Jackie Chan <laughs> to fight in a scene. You know, it was like that had not happened. Like I Wait, was like, it's like big time wrestling on a big budget. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, Gordon, you know, uh, Yen Bao and. Uh, Gordon Liu getting to have a fight scene. I was like, I was pretty stoked. Oh, nice. I remember those days, you know, when he used to look forward to that. But, you know. How was the movie overall? uh, You know, it's a good Hong Kong action. You know, this uh, fantastic, Hmm. goofy special effects. Yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, You know, for the time. (laughs) uh, (laughs) You know, just, uh, uh, it's a lot more show than tell much of anything. Right. Uh, And and that's fine, you know, for that genre and time and style and everything else so you know you know that going in and so uh it is a surprising amount of uh 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 stop motion claymation oh really uh, wow. work in it with some of the uh some of the demons and ghosts and sort of things uh, you know when we were uh, talking about the stop motion episode i i'd forgotten about like the hong kong movies that that it, that would throw that stuff in all the time um, yeah 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 so that was a nice, fun retro thing. I like, I, you know, I had a steady nice. diet of those when <laughs> you could first get the movies here in the States. And uh, so you kind of forget, but then you also, you know, riding a bike, right? You pick back up and like, oh, okay. 
Yeah. Uh, at <laughs> yeah, least the subtitling's better. Uh, oh, it's got to be subtitling. Don't get dubs. No, 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 no. No. Or it's either subtitling or no subtitling. Like, not even dubs. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, we just, watched just... some that were just in Chinese and we're like, uh, okay, whatever. Uh, and you can still follow <laughs> along, you know. <laughs> and then laugh when something doesn't make sense to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that was also a lot of time, you know, with the, especially on those imports at the time, you know, Golden Harvest stuff and uh, 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 things like that in the 90s uh, that we could get. You know, the, the English subtitling was the last budgeted lowest item, you know, on there. So the subtitling actually became its own uh, source of entertainment. Yeah, just because of yep. what was used and how they would use it, and uh, you know, they'd always translate "stop." You know, like the cops yelling at somebody, "Stop" or "freeze." <laughs> uh, they'd always stop, translate it as "don't go," which I thought was funny. It was like like a teacher, like "no, no, don't go," <laughs> like, like just, you know, train all tough, "don't go." Really, that was that one was consistent. That one was hilarious. But oh, uh, that's like one of my favorite scenes at a Lost in Translation, where Bill Murray's sitting there and the director <laughs> speaks, like shouts for like a, a, a full minute, and then the woman says, "He said everything's okay," <laughs> you know, and it's like, Are "You sure that's everything he said?" <laughs> right. <laughs> and then last night we watched the uh, uh, "Nothing Compares to You," the Sinead documentary that just came How was out. That? Okay, uh, I've not, not not even heard about that. I mean, in in it's got to be a sad story, no? Uh, I mean, to an extent, you know, they yeah. uh, basically start, you know, it's her up to the point of, you know, her career uh, or starting out and, uh, you know, fucked up life, childhood and all that. And then getting to the, uh, uh, you know, briefly after the fallout from the Saturday Night Live right, uh, right. appearance. Which, 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 which seems ridiculous when you look back at it. Well, and, you know, they, they talk a lot, and it is, right? And they talk a lot about that, uh, uh, what she did and how she did it, and that she was, you know, the world was not ready for that at that time. Hmm. You know, now, totally, it's like, oh, yeah, what would be the problem? Uh, yeah. Versus, yeah. you know, uh, uh, and so it was a good, you know, and then nothing since, because, you know, she's had, she's had her issues since then. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> to put it mildly, yeah. uh, but they kind of glossed over that. She she narrates some of it though now, uh, as well as has a performance to close out the, uh, the, at the movie's end uh, of her now. So and they're saying you know she's got another album coming out. She's released like seven or eight already uh, since then. You know still going and that sort of thing. But uh, you know other people from the time talking in, but then others like uh, oh Chuck D's. Uh, in there and Kathleen Anna and, okay. you know, a few of those that talk about the impact uh, as well. Yeah, basically the people that got it at the yeah. time and still, you know, and still have that cachet, they still have that gravitas to be able to talk about, you know, artists with messages and uh, in certain circles. So it was good. Uh, it was well done. It was hey. well handled. And, you know, now, where's that playing? Uh, it was on Showtime. It was a Showtime. Showtime. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, so correct through a few of the others, uh, uh, third season of the Orville, which was interesting, uh, just because interesting the way that, because they changed networks they went from oh, uh, okay. Fox to uh, right. Hulu, Hulu FX. Okay. And, uh, so then they got to do the thing where the episodes don't have to be 54 minutes or whatever. You know, so some of them were like an hour and a half. Yeah, just let them make it as long as exactly. it Let them tell the story you know? as long as it's not dragging. And they didn't really. It was, yeah. uh, and they kind of got to go uh, into the uh, uh, more of the social commentary they wanted to deal with. Oh, I'm going to have to check proper, that out yeah. in proper time and proper detail. Okay. Uh, you know, is it the best thing ever? No, but it's it's good. It's well done. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, 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 again, it's another one of those things where, where, where it doesn't sell itself as being anything more than it is. And right. that, that is fine. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what else I watched this week? I watched um, uh, Alexander Rockwell's sweet thing and I'd, I'd never heard of it. It came out uh, two or three years ago and um, it was a, a film that, that at Quentin Tarantino, bringing him up a lot. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a, a Tarantino 
uh, you know, uh, groupie. But and, 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 yeah, yeah, but going on to Mubi, they had this. I, I I'd marked it earlier as a film that I, that you know I wanted to see, and the notification came up saying uh, this is going to be taken down in three days. So watch it now, kind of thing. Um, but there was a quote attached to it from Quentin Tarantino where he said it was as as like I, I, the best movie to come out in ages you know um which actually made me a little bit nervous about it because i was like well i don't really um (laughs) but it's 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 got will Patton in it and it's got rockwell's two kids in it um and it is quite gritty um it's it's a little bit difficult when you first get into it um but it's done in in differing film stocks so you have like the 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 bits where it's like your sort of day-to-day grind is in this grainy black and white you know beautiful beautiful looks absolutely gorgeous and then when when people have those sort of special emotional moments it goes to this color stock um which is also grainy, but, 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 you know, you, you have color, right. And it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, it's hard to tell the story. So, so, so Will Patton, who I think gives like a career performance here, um, is a single dad with the kids. Um, the mom is working in some strip club and has this boyfriend, big muscular guy kind of thing. And, uh, Will Patton is having problems with drinking and all this, but it, it kind of turns into, um, a cross of stand by me, (laughs) um, with, uh, uh, kind of those, those, those gritty documentaries you'd get in the seventies, but it, it it is quite light, surprisingly, mm. and it is quite uplifting. And there's some really good performances in it, um, and the cinematography is just gorgeous. It's pretty short too. I I, I seem to remember it's just like a little bit over an hour, um, but I'd never heard of it. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I I think uh, yeah that that is definitely one to check out. It's 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 really good, but. Um, one of the, one of the standouts before I get to sort of the main main one uh, this week, which you probably saw my post on on uh, Facebook, was um, uh, Pana Panais hit the road, um, which is an Iranian movie, okay. um, and it kind of plays. I, I, th- I think if I were to sell it to an American audience, I'd describe it as kind of a Little Miss Sunshine uh, in Iran. <laughs> um, <clears throat> But, but but it's more than that. It is more than that. The performances are so good. You, it it's it's a road movie, and I've always loved road movies. And um, it starts with this family. They're in the car, and um, the the older son's driving. The dad's foot's broken. Uh, he's in the back seat with the younger brother. Uh, the mother's in the the front passenger seat. There's a dog in the car. And um, they're, they're, they're driving along. You don't quite know what's going on at the start. It's a little bit of a mystery around why, why, where are they going? They're, they don't seem to be on holiday. And then they start dropping clues and all this. Uh, and the little kid is awesome in it. I mean, really, really, what a firecracker that kid is. But it, it, it is really 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 good one one of the one of the best films i I've, I've seen in a long time and the dad has such a great sense of humor in the movie and some of the visuals are laugh out loud funny too um <laughs> uh yeah worth checking out it's called on the road and that's just come out this year um i think some of these international movies maybe take a little bit longer to filter over to you over there but yeah, uh i think this one's made it kind of a big deal because um uh panahi his dad is actually um uh in in prison in iran now so back in 2010 his dad was told you don't you cannot make movies for 12 years so the first thing he did is went and made a movie called this is not a movie (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah he uh, so, so like it's an amazing family this is the first time the son's made a movie and if this is his first movie man you know as long as he doesn't get locked up um but you talk about these filmmakers that oh you know we went through all these tribulations of making the movie it's like yeah it's not a patch on these people god <laughs> you know because <laughs> yeah. they, they are deliberately sort of pointing at the iranian government and going their shit you know mm-hmm. um 
and and that's the other thing is 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 seeing Iran, um, you know, on the ground like this. It 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 could be anywhere, you know, in the states. You know, I mean, it, oh, it's sure. so similar. You know, if anything, you kind of look at the, the the highways and going like, well, that's in, that that the condition of these highways is too good to be in the states. It says, you know, there's no potholes or anything. Um, but uh, no, it's 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 a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I, I road movies were one of my favorites. Like because like you remember when we were kids, and you turn on the television and you had well, you had like I, 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 the kind of silly road movies like smoking the bandit kind of thing or convoy uh and then you had some of the more serious ones like badlands you know um but yeah i always loved them because it all and and empire strikes back always felt like a road movie to me um because i i didn't know where they're going next you know Mm -hmm. um yeah, and then I, I was lucky enough to go to a screening this week for uh, a bunch of amateurs, and I had just last week seen a review from Mark Kermode on this movie, and it's a documentary. It's been filmed over like four or five years with um, this this club, which is the movie makers of. Uh, um, uh oh gosh i'm i'm completely blanking now and i shouldn't be <laughs> um of bradford bradford movie makers um which apparently is the oldest movie making club in the world and it used to be super common over here where you know you have hundreds of of these clubs all over the country that were enthusiasts that were you know sort of developing their own film and, and, you know, doing all this stuff, sharing equipment and, and making these, these, these short movies, you know? Um, and they're one of the last ones that are left. So they, they kind of follow this group and it, it, it's such a quirky group of people. Right. And they squabble, but they seem like a family. They, they meet every Monday night either to sort of film stuff and there's sort of little studio that they've got. So they've got this like clubhouse thing, uh, which is falling apart at the beginning of the movie. And um, so they meet every every Monday, but, but, but you definitely get the sort of feeling that it's a family. And uh, obviously in the middle of filming this movie, COVID hits and you have this vast, um, uh, you know, some of these people who are members of the clubs are like octogenarians. They're like really old. Um, and so there's, there's this, you know, will they want they are going to survive? You know, I know COVID's coming, God, you know, I'm getting really attached to them kind of thing, but it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I have always sort of been partial to movies about watching movies mm-hmm. like cinema Paradiso or, spirit of the beehive but this was just really really nice i mean it, it, it really well made um and 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 you know some of the movies they make are, are are quite quite funny but i think they're meant to be funny and and it's not like going look at all these weird people let's laugh at them it's it's not that at all mm-hmm. it it is definitely more along the lines of of um focusing on on the the relationships in there and they do make some good stuff by the way <laughs> stuff that, that that i thought oh that's genius that that's great that's amazing that you guys did that and then afterwards when it ended there was a bit of a q a session <clears throat> and then i was lucky enough to spend a couple few hours with them uh in in the the restaurant in the the cinema which which felt like i was in a in an extended scene of the movie uh, because because it's a documentary, right? Yeah. They're still their characters. And, you know, there were squabbles going on around me. And, you know, I, I all the things I'd seen in the movie and I got to know these people in the movie is like, there they are. It was completely surreal. Um, but yeah, they're trying to find distribution in the States. So I'm trying to get the word out there because uh, it's definitely a movie that I think Americans would like as well as far as that sort of quirky British kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And also, just because of the post-COVID stuff, I'm, I'm prodding you here by saying post-COVID, you know, yeah, because you've had it this week. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it, that whole thing around sort of isolation and loneliness and community, um, 
is 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 really kind of touching in the movie um and the interesting thing was I was able to talk to some of them and because they're such a cross section of ages um I, I asked them all about you know what what movie got you into movies what 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 was what gave you the bug and uh Colin who I think is the oldest one in the group said it was Snow White uh, and the Tarzan movies, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and Pinocchio. And um, yeah, he got a real kick that I knew about Tarzan, Jane, Cheetah. You know, <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> that, that's all we used to have on television, Nolan, yeah, you know, when we were kids. Um, and Public what really. Programming, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, and the other thing that he remembered, because I've never seen them over here, was The Little Rascals. Like he knew, like, it, almost no British people know about the little rascals. So right. it must've been something. Assume, yeah. yeah. It must've been something that when he used to go to like the theater that preceding the main presentation, they played a few little rascals episodes or something. Sure. Uh, but uh, you know, when he was six years old, he, for Christmas, um, his dad or his uncle had bought him this hand cranked projector, which, oh, which wow. he's oiled and kept working all this time. Oh, and he must be pushing on 90 now. So yeah, he was, he was amazing. Um, and he's a great character in the movie as well. And, uh, another guy, Harry, um, who, I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but he's the one who can't sing, he can't ride a horse, and he gets this idea that, yeah, I want to remake Oklahoma's opening with me riding a white stallion and singing, you know, Oh, What a Beautiful Morning, Morning you know. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he, his first movie memory was King Kong. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that, he was telling me about, you know, you, you know, um, the 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 guy that did the stop motion on King Kong is the one that that inspired Ray Harryhausen. I was like, yeah, I knew that. I, yeah. I you know, I, I, was, I was talking about that with my pal just a few weeks back. And this is where he he said, Ed, well, you know, uh, I met Ray Harryhausen in the late seventies, and he, I made a film with him. Uh, with all his models and he explained all the stories behind them, how he made them that, you know, the, the different ups and downs during the making of the movies. And I I was sitting there just staring at him and thinking, (laughs) Harry, as, as, as much as you love that, 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 that movie that you made of you singing the song from Oklahoma on a horse, <laughs> well, you're sitting on something that that is priceless. Um, I'd say, yeah, a little, little bigger uh, treasure there. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyhow, I'm, I'm pl- I've 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 already uh, I'm going to be joining that club, um, and so I will nice. see these guys again, and I am going to talk to Harry about you know you need to do something with that. <laughs> At least, well, when I said Ed, Ed, you know, you need to do something with that, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm planning on putting it on disc, and I was like, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's digitize that whole thing uh, to the highest quality we can and uh, make copies, make sure it's safe um, because it's, it's on celluloid. Um, so, wow. you know, you need to be careful with celluloid, yeah. but at the very least, you can upscale it to quite a high digital res- resolution. So he was a laugh. In fact, he kept doing card tricks on me and he was really good at it. <laughs> I mean, seriously, really good. He'd, he'd be pulling these things out of his pockets, and 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 yeah, that's the card that I was thinking about. Um, and he he's am- <laughs> he, he was absolutely amazing. Um, a few of the others mentioned things like uh, golden age musicals and stuff like that. Uh, the youngest guy um, who's in the group, Phil, uh, the one film that he cited was The Thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, that's a good answer. <laughs> I like that. The thing seems to be like a constant in ev- any discussion that we have. Like, it, it, it's just such a big influence on so many people. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in it, really good movie. I mean, in in contrast to it, and, and, and I've been seeing these trailers for Spielberg's The Fablemans. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this uh, sort of biopic about himself and his family and, and and it's meant to be sort of owed to the movies but again it, it just looks I, I don't know if it's a trailer but it just makes it look so saccharine and so 
you know, I don't know, plastic. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? It might not be true. It might not be true. But 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 it, it, it's what I worry about. Like when Spielberg does dramas, that there's always this kind of like saccharine film to it that doesn't taste quite right. But but I am kind of hopeful for it. It it does yeah. look like it's hitting some of the right right exactly. uh, right notes. So cool. Um, are we going to be talking about David Lynch now? <laughs> Probably, because that's the, uh, the other thing. I finally had the time to watch through, so I you know made the time. Should have made it earlier, but uh, and that's the yeah the the third and final season of Twin Peaks. Yes, which while Some... you're uh, recovering from COVID and <laughs> fever dreams and such too, is maybe not the best combination, or maybe yeah. it is the best. Combination. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't maybe know. yeah. It's 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 like like the hair to the dog, <laughs> you know. It's yeah. just 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 it'll kill anything in your system. Um, yeah, totally. It's uh, so yeah. It was uh, um, it was uh, well, just a, a short thing. You know, I, I thought it was excellent. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was amazingly well done. Mm. Um, very cinematic. Oh, totally, hundred percent. Yeah, it was not. <clears throat> It was it was basically elevating the TV show, uh, yeah. on a just a yeah. whole other course. It reframes all of Twin Peaks. Yes, you know? um, and you also get, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, well, I'll say closure, lack of a better term. Uh, yeah, some of them yeah. do have closure, right? Yeah, um, and you know, say. Well, spoilers anyway. You know, there's some points where it was like I was genuinely, I would genuinely laugh. It's like, oh, of course Shelley's still dating a drug dealer. <laughs> or uh, uh, when uh, when Ed and uh, Norma get together, I mean, I cried. Like, oh, yeah, it was like, yeah. No. Finally, like just throw it in there. And it's like, it's literally like a 10 minute scene and that's it. It was like, wow, thank you. And it wasn't just that, but they also had the blessing of... Um... Uh, what's her name? Sorry, I've, it's been a couple of years since I've watched. Yeah, it. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. eye patch. <laughs> yes, Nadine. Um, Nadine, yeah, yeah. And she, well, she finally, and she, well, I appreciate it. You know, the film reference. She got her silent drapes. Started a store called Run Run Silent Run Deep, <laughs> which I thought was fantastic. Oh yeah, I mean the humor in it and the some of the best horror scenes I've ever seen. Oh, like I, they, I, I still think about them. And, um, and again, it made me realize too, as we were talking before, you know, nobody does villains like Lynch does. Right. right. Nobody, nobody no. does modern horror villains, you know, cinematic horror villains, story villains like he does. No, no, nobody comes close. Like I, I th- totally good agree. Ones. Yeah, but his his effect. You remember all of his. You remember. You may not remember anything from Lost Highway, except for Robert Blake, right? Right. Calling you on the phone, answering the phone while he's standing there talking to you, and he's on the phone. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and in this one, <laughs> this one, the I mean, I mean, there's so many. I mean, Bob is an iconic one, but the version of Bob in this is. So, mm. I mean, McLaughlin mm. deserves everything yeah. for this. Oh, totally. And, I mean, he played like four different people. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, and, and I, I like I audibly cheered when Coop came back. You know, actual. You know what is that like the not the penultimate episode, but pretty. Close. But it was earned. It was so oh, earned so for that earned, moment. But, yeah. It, yeah. But, and the fact though that, but I didn't regret <laughs> anything. You know, I, I'd seen some yeah. complaints. People that were mm. like, "Oh, well, he's not good." Like because that would have been boring. Yeah, that would have been totally Cooper boring. out of the gate right from the get go. This whole, uh, the yeah. whole Dougie Jones and oh, it's amazing. <laughs> Jamie amazing. and Sonny, Sonny Jim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the, the gangsters, like again. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, or I tell man. you what, one oh, one, one of the best uh, horror sucker punches, aside from you know that 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 whole dumpster scene outside the diner. Um, in Mulholland Drive uh, was in this where there was a fairly kind of neutral scene, quite dramatic, you know, and then it, then it goes to Bobby and the traffic stop mm-hmm. outside the diner. <laughs> yes. 
Whoa. I mean, out of all the questions, uh, you know, oh, you know, you talk about sort of closure on stuff for, for characters, which was great, but my mind has been playing on, on the con continuation of that scene about like, what, what, what next? What was going on? Uh, and it starts off funny, right? Like uh-huh. it, like, like that's how it sucker punches. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like I'm going to be late, <laughs> you know? And, and it just seems funny, but you could, you could, you could feel there's something, something not right. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, it delivers so well. Um, and the, uh, the God of light, uh, the ghosts, the demon ghost things right got a lion and all, yeah. all, all soot covered or, or uh, the first assassination that they do as well as fantastic oh and well in the throwback episode to like their origin yeah yeah with the yeah. nuclear testing and then the i mean that's a that's you know that's like a 50s sci-fi horror and, and a bit of a nod episode. maybe accidentally to the to scanners, David Cronenberg's scanners. Okay, um, yeah. After which, uh, Gordon Cole says, uh, "Yep, he's dead." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is the full summary. Yep. <laughs> well, that, you know, it's only been five years since that came out, but the number of people that, number of actors that uh, had died since, yeah, like it was just surprising, like how many. Uh, well, we're just lucky that come we... on screen. I'd be, like, and I went, oh. Yeah. 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 Um, or, or, you know, I think we mentioned this before, but then in the case of the log lady, she was dying, you know, and she right. knew she was dying um, and, yeah. and still, still went ahead and, and, and did it. Uh, and, and, and what a great scene that is as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're Hawk. Hawk gives her, gives her a call. Um, yeah. That, I, and, and, and being from the Pacific Northwest, I'm not saying that people that, that aren't from there, don't get it because I'm because well actually David Lynch has said that that what he aims to do with the things he makes is that everyone gets something different out of it that that yeah. that's just just what that's what his aim is mm-hmm. but I think there's some things about being from the Pacific Northwest and particularly living among um, you know the wilderness that um, strikes a, a a special chord. Um, in our minds, um, you know, like, like, like because as coming over here and seeing how the British kind of loved it, and they thought different things were just didn't happen. Like, like you know, the 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 traffic lights swaying in the wind. It's like, yeah, that happens. Really, they sway in the wind like that? He's like, yes, yes, they do. Um, and uh, you know, the the wind blowing in the trees, you know, constantly. That that that's the way furs furs move when you know. The wind is blowing, and it's not uncommon to to see see owls as well. You know, all all these things, which which um, I mean, I remember growing up up up, and 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 uh, I think the first David Lynch movie I'd seen in part was uh, a, a Racerhead because uh, my sister had all sorts of cable movie channels and things, and in the the kitchen of the the house uh, in Olympia was a, a big door uh, where, which had the grain of the wood showing in it. But uh, actually funny enough, and I, I, when I went back early this year, and they always freaked me out because they look like bearded faces. But not only that, when I went back this last time, I realized they look like the God of Light guys <laughs> so, you know so, so it takes it up a notch but but you know even as a kid just seeing faces in the grain of the wood um always uh had that sort of got under my skin a little bit but yeah what an amazing series i mean it it, it crosses genres so many times as well mm-hmm. i'd say it, it even goes into science fiction in a way uh, it's uh but but yeah, so so good. I, I I love the experience, and we talked about the road movies. And what I like about road movies is you don't know where they're going to go next. Or in the road movies that I like, you don't know where they're going to go next or what they're going to come across next. Um, and having that sort of surprise and unpredictability, and yeah, that whole series, man. I who knows what's going to happen next? I don't I don't know. No idea. Yeah. No idea. Mm-hmm. But but I felt satisfied when I came to the end of every episode. Mm-hmm. you know yeah like i was like that's good i'm 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 in the mood for some more though um like you said that whole uh you know 
origin episode for Bob. Um, and that kind of reminded me a, a bit of um, 1980s Alan Moore graphic novel work. Mm-hmm. It's about the closest I've, I've seen to something on screen that felt like his work, even compared to stuff that is meant to be screen versions of his work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that felt very, very close, you know, all the way from like the, the nuclear explosion to, um, you know, the girl in the bed who, you know, whose mouth. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But at, again, that's almost all visual storytelling. There's oh, yeah. no one telling you what's going on um but you feel i mean but there's all this familiarity right about it it's so grounded and assured of itself that yeah yeah you you don't need any you know he knows he's pulling that rug out and people will go there rather than just being like you know i mean it was always the thing like people would like laugh at uh, a lot of like oh look she's got a uh oh look she's got a uh a log (laughs) isn't that funny but they're like, it's like, no, no, there's, there's more going on here. Yeah. You, uh, yeah. <laughs> pay attention. You're going to get the reward. Well, um, yeah. I, I mean, in, 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 yeah, no, 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 that, that is exactly it. Yeah. The, the details aren't random. And if you pay attention, you will be rewarded with it. Like the, the log, I mean, in, in, it seemed quite obvious to me, like if you'd watch the original series and, and it for all intents and purposes, you know, we we're just kids back then when we first watched it. Um, was the the you know the log lady's husband died in a fire mm-hmm. <laughs> right in in the forest she she carries a log and speaks to her husband through the log you know um so 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 it, then it then it sort of builds on that and the more that you look and the more that you sort of like you said listen you can see oh my gosh well that explains that now and that explains <laughs> this and this um and it doesn't become completely defined don't get me wrong um which you know there's 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 always that sort of room for interpretation but it's it's yeah, it's yeah. uh so great it's so great um and uh, yeah and, and, and it was everything that you know that drew us to the uh series in the first place uh yeah. you know was still intact and yeah none of but of course none of it feels like fan service uh, you know, especially after 25 years. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's more like, did he have this plan originally when he did Fire Walk With Me versus, you know, because the stuff they're able to include that was fresh mm. just to that, which came out, what, a few years after? Yeah. Uh, uh, the second season ended. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, so that stuff that ties in. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, was that all part of the plan? Was there like this huge, you know, vision board, uh, that he had? <laughs> well, know. I mean, he's got an interesting approach to it because as, 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 as I, you know, I, I, I started, um, doing, uh, that digital art, which you've seen, I've been doing on Instagram mm-hmm. and I, I've been sort of looking up in the theory of it and, you know, um, because so much of it is out of the, the artist's control, you know, you, you've, 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 you've got to experiment and, um, uh, a quote came up from David Lynch while I was looking for this. And he says, I hate slick and pretty things. I prefer mistakes and accidents, which is why I like things, uh, like cuts and bruises. They're like flowers. <laughs> I've always said that if you have a name for something like cut or bruise, people will automatically be disturbed by it. But when you see the same thing in nature, you don't know what it is and it can be very beautiful. So, so I, I think he does do things accidentally, but, but he kind of knows cause, cause is it like, say for example, the log, right? Maybe mm-hmm. when he first did that, he just liked it, like, like that idea and knew that would give him an opening later on to add to it. Do you know what I mean? And start connecting mm-hmm. up the dots. Um, so yeah, I I I mean, in, in, there is a bit where Gordon Cole kind of turns to Albert um, and says, "Do you have any idea what's going on?" Because <laughs> I don't. Um, and you kind of wonder how much of that was actually David Lynch and how much of it was Gordon Cole. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, there's but, a lot of that. Like, just, yeah, like you're not really. Not steering the ship, you're just, but you're still captain of it, 
Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exa- well, well, think about how he did Bob. Bob was not in the script originally, in the original series. There was a technician stooped underneath the bed, and he went, stay there. Oh, yeah. Right? right? And 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 that's how he, he came up with Bob, because the technician, who was the guy that played Bob, uh, looked scary as all hell looking up <laughs> from the bottom of the bed, and he built that into the script, and you could, that, is, that, that is one of the load-bearing structures of, of the original series right there. Um, but yeah, oh, you know, another thing that, 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 that really got me teary is uh, that they made Bobby a policeman. Mm-hmm. And the reason that that he became a policeman because was his was his dad, and um, I thought that was a really really nice touch mm-hmm. there. I mean, it was just having these human moments, right? Like you don't need to just flood the whole thing with those. Right. Like, he 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 saves the dialogue for when you need dialogue, you know. Yeah. Um, and fills in where you need to, and then you know if you don't need to, it's like yeah, yeah, you know, we get it, you know. Well, that was the, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, go go ahead, go ahead. Well, the other thing I really I, I cheered at was when the uh, the the, you know, the sheriff's team goes out to the spot and mm. uh, to the portal, and the only person that can go into the lodge successfully is Andy. And I'm like, of course, right. yeah, that that would be the one. He's the purest of spirit. He's well, like Cooper in that thing. Like he's like the, the Fisher King. You exactly. know what I mean? So it's uh-huh. like, like he doesn't 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 understand that 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 is the Holy Grail. He's just trying yeah. to get a cup with water in it. You know yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it's like, oh yeah, and he's gonna go get her and bring her back. Yep. Yeah, uh, uh, that was just I was just like so yeah pleased <laughs> with that detail. You know, and and you know them as a couple. Yeah, yeah, uh, still intact. Never made fun of. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, and that's, again, another thing. He never, I mean, the characters will make fun of themselves by doing or saying something stupid or ridiculous, but they are never yeah. the object of a joke or derision or something like that. Funny you say that. That is exactly what I was trying to say with that that bunch of amateurs uh, no. documentary. They know they're being quite silly. Right, <laughs> and they know they're bickering like like a family does, and it is funny watching it on screen. And and, and I could see them during the screening laughing at those bits. So mm-hmm. you know, but it is a fine line. You know, you don't want to exploit people. But yeah, the, the the characters like Andy and Lucy and and Gordon Cole and all of this. Um, if anything, in like, like oh, and and the fact that David Duchovny came back as the the uh, agent um, uh, was 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 an amazing uh-huh. scene because I think Gordon Cole uh, says uh, you know if 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 they don't straighten themselves out <laughs> yeah <I'm> like yeah <laughs> just so so good and and so ahead of its time for when the mm-hmm. series came out you know um, right. and and now you hardly bat an eyelash but you still think oh, yeah, all right Gordon yeah you're a good guy yeah yeah. <laughs> Well, then he has the great line when, when uh, uh, Albert tells him he's going soft. And he right, just, <laughs> not where it counts. Like, not where it counts, buddy. <laughs> and uh, the the singer gal, the new agent, uh, yeah, just laughs. Yeah, because <laughs> that was probably very honest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then he has oh. the Monica Bellucci dream, and I was just like, yeah, I don't. My, my oh. Monica Bellucci dreams are a little different. Uh, <laughs> let's be honest. But I was like, oh, nice. All right. I'm like, all right. David Lynch and I are on a similar wavelength. That's good. <laughs> oh. oh, this is the quote. I just had to look it up because mm. as, as I've, I should remember it because I've got a T-shirt of this. Um, and he says, as, and when you became Denise, I told all your colleagues, those clown comics, to fix their hearts or die. <laughs> and I've, I've kept that phrase in my, you know, lexicon mm-hmm. ever since. Fix your heart or die, you know. <laughs> so good. So good. Well, the other, uh, and it's not from this, it's just the lynchism that I carry is that uh, I watched the show Louis when it was on, the Louis C.K. 
show, yeah. which I will not go back and watch. That's what's come out about <laughs> the guy and everything. I mean, it's kind of like, yeah. oh, but it was, it was really, the show was really good, but, but, and that's a big butt to get around. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if you ever watched it, but there's one point where he's uh, being groomed to uh, succeed um, like Leno or something to get right. uh, the Tonight Show kick. And, but he has no uh, training or, or his, his, you know, he, he needs, he needs help. Uh, yeah. to, to understand that role. And so they bring in this like longtime producer guru and it's David Lynch. And he just yep. does that one line where he's sitting there at the desk and he's just yelling at me. And finally he just says, make me laugh, funny man. And, it's like, <laughs> and he's terrified. It's like, well, you know, that's the point of it. But it's like, I think that's actually, you know, that they just pulled Lynch in and just said, Hey, here's the yeah. premise. And he just went um, because that seemed, all of that seemed a hundred percent, in character. Right. Uh, <laughs> but that's, I, that, that's the one I keep just David Lynch. Yeah. That's that character saying that, you know, to this, like, Oh, here's this big up and coming you know, major comic. He's like, make me laugh. Funny man. Like just <laughs> not putting up with any of it. It's just, well, that's the one I carry. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately I've had to use fix your heart or die. Uh, quite a lot <laughs> in the last few years, the way yeah, the world goes. Uh, um, yeah. But overall, you know, again, I was very pleased with it. It was, hmm. I thought it was some amazing film. Yeah. Storytelling. Um, yeah. Because it wasn't, you know, the, the part of what drew me and, and, and part of the appeal, I think why it caught on with the original series was that it's a soap opera. And Lynch was very open about it being a soap opera. Uh, and people are like, oh, it's so quirky and weird. And, you know, shows that came out after that, like, oh, if we're set, you know, in a remote spot, uh, and we, well, mm. we have to have some quirky and weird characters now. Mm. I'm mm. like, yes, he changed television, yeah. not all, you know, necessarily for the better, but that was because of the, uh, uh, because of the copy, not because of the original, you know, something like, you know, I think of like Northern Exposure, you know, that was the one that yeah. was like, was like, oh, we oh, have to have quirky I, you know, characters. It's like, that, okay. I, I love that show. I, but, I, I I felt that all those critics that said, "Oh, it's the new Twin Peaks." It's like, no, it's not. It's no. something entirely different. It, it you Twin know, Peaks it, is it, Twin Peaks. And, and that was really unfair to that show as well. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. that 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 uh, that uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, trying to be something different anyway. But yeah, you know, that's just the uh, you know uh, he's and it was something I was trying, you know, trying to process. Some of these is just more of what. Uh, you know, you, you look at him on one end of this, uh, you know, strong visual storytelling, quirky characters, you know, that's, you know, that's Wes Anderson. But you would never confuse no. the two of yeah. them. Yeah. Because, and I think, you know, it's uh, uh, Wes Anderson is art and film school, upper class thing. Lynch is bottom rung. Uh, enjoy the uh, absurd and surreal uh, embrace the normal and I, the I would say that happens there, uh, yeah. and the observable versus the presented. I, uh, I, I think Lynch knows that. I mean, I, I think he's a bit more of a carpenter than an architect. Yeah. And I think he's fine with that. Um, uh, you know, he's described himself as being a terrible painter, but he knows what, he, what, he, what, what his limits are and he, he, he does what he can with it. And if you think, you think about it, I, I and and I was talking to the, the bunch of amateurs the other night about this. <laughs> is I have seen plenty of technically bad great movies that I would watch any day over mm-hmm. a technically perfect movie that you know is shite. You know, so mm-hmm. um, you know it, it, all the all the uh, yeah. Any any sort of aspiring film directors out there, uh, and I think this is David Lynch's advice as well, is, is 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 just shoot the damn thing. Don't 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 get head up on the the technicals. Um, you you know just 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 get something, and I think in, you get more of a flow that way. If you sit there and you know, I I think Kubrick is probably one of the exceptions. But uh, if you're you're a film student and you think you're Kubrick on day one, you know there's a problem there anyhow. Um, <laughs> Uh, but t- thinking about the Twin Peaks series, though, is to me, <laughs> it doesn't feel like a soap opera, uh, l- at least not the new series. Um, it feels more like a uh, an anthology series 
through a kaleidoscope. Like, like mm-hmm. it, 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 it repeats, like, like you get a, a, a consistent characters coming forward, but you don't know how it's going to refract in every episode, but it makes sense, right? There's some symmetry to it. It all kind of works, mm-hmm. but it, it does feel like um, an anthology because you get these different stories. They're all set around Twin Peaks and they're sort of related to the original series sometimes but like we you know we talked about that that bit in the the traffic you know mm-hmm. that almost feels like okay here here's here's another episode in this anthology series here's a little side story kind of going on and then then you meet new characters and and you get their background and then harry dean stanton turns up and he might cross paths with some of the people that we know but it it, it, it you know we zoom fully on harry dean stanton when we first meet him um, despite the fact we didn't start with Shelley or anyone else. Nope. It's him first. And we get to know him and it, it's, it's so great. Just, just this, the, the way it, way it just is, you know, you just absorb it and, and, mm-hmm. and, and let it all sink in, you know? Yeah. Cool. Agreed. Well, we've come, we're coming up to the, the end of the hour. So next week is going to be, uh, our Thanksgiving episode. Yes. Is it? Doing the Native American thing part two. I think we started talking about a couple, but uh, yeah. Oceans.